guys, Dan Waltzman here. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. So excited you're here. As you know, this is the podcast all about radical help for people who want it. Yesterday was amazing, right? We talked about Mercedes and the three Ps and what it takes to change culture and be the best or nothing. I love that. I love that mindset. Well, today I've got part two of this interview that I did with Lior. And we talk a lot about change. Change is happening, whether you like it, whether I like it or not. Change regarding employees, with regarding brand. Uh, Lior talks a lot about FOMO and this idea of change resilience. What's that? Well, hang on. He's going to share a little bit more about that. And then together we discuss how to embrace change and how to make life purposeful using change. And we're going to talk about how to define yourself and the idea of impact versus process, okay? So get buckled in. This is part two of three parts. I, I Look, you can't miss it. This part's amazing. We're going to talk about why the next is now. Uh, so you've got a copy of your or of your book over there, uh, Next Is Now. Hold that up for us, if you don't mind. Sure. That's the cover. Next Is Now, available already on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, CEO Read. All the places where you read books, I think it's even on Google Play. I'm a Google Play guy, and so I have all my books on my phone. I'm listening to them as I run and as I, as I go about. Um, so what's fascinating about this, this book, and, and, and you're hitting us at a good time because uh, we've been talking about being valuable, and, and I think that's really, I mean, you're talking about a brand who we immediately connect to as valuable. I mean, a Mercedes is valuable. Um, the, the brand is valuable. I think it's fascinating that here you are teaching the employees of a brand that's we feel like is valuable. It's like you teaching somebody at Tiffany's, you know, how to, you know, how to represent Tiffany's well. It's almost like it's almost like a duh moment. Like, you know, do we really have to teach that? But the answer is yes, you do. But in your book, Next is Now, you're not really talking about change, perhaps. You're talking about the fact that change is already happening, right? And 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 so go go down that path a little bit. For all of us, uh, your, your, your ideas about what's happening with change, what's happening with employees and brands, and what that should mean for all of us. So let, let's take a concept that really evolved in the last couple of years called FOMO, fear of missing out. I think it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate manifestation of the challenge we are facing. There is change coming at us at a pace we can't even handle. The number of new apps on, on, iTunes, on, on the App Store, it's in the thousands every day. You know, the number of dancing, dancing cats on YouTube that you haven't seen is, is, is exponentially. And we constantly feel like we're missing out. We are not catching up. The train is moving so fast. And this is really the change I'm talking about. We are, we are bombarded. It's not a change of we need to shift from SAP to Oracle and we're going to change the system. This is about the change that is constantly coming our way. Technology is bringing it. New initiatives are bringing it. Silicon Valley with its own uh, startups are, are bringing it. And the question is, how do we handle the change? How do we not paralyze with the change? How do we not uh, play the victim with the change, but rather celebrate change, accelerate change, and turn change into our friend be it on a personal level or be it on a professional level. And, and I'm talking about a concept or a core competence that we need to develop called change resilience. Change resilience is defined as the scope and speed in which we adapt to change. So I, I would challenge each one of your listeners right now to reflect for a few minutes and ask themselves, what kind of change, personal or professional, am I withholding right now? 
What kind of change am I resisting right now? What kind of truth I know that are facing me, but I'm not taking action on it in the name of I'm comfortable, I'm compliant, I am busy, uh, sales worked for me in the past, I didn't invent it, so it's not true for me. I can go on and on and on, but the truth is that we as human beings are designed to repel change in the name of consistency and convenience. We are repeating best practices, which are practically past practices, and we are sacrificing the next. We are sacrificing our relevance in the marketplace because we are so comfortable with, 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 the, with the best, and we're trying to stretch it just a little bit more, but in the process, delaying the inevitable and making ourselves very irrelevant. And the book is a challenge to each and every one how to develop a platform where we are not fearing change, but we are actually embracing it, accelerating it, becoming the change agents, and, and actually promoting what's important to us, making our life purposeful by using change as tools to accelerate it. You know what, um, you and I had a conversation last week where we were talking CEO to CEO about the business of consulting for really big companies. And we were, obviously we can't share that conversation with the audience, but we were talking about some of the nitty gritty of, of, of change, our own change, my change. And, and obviously my community knows that, that I'm moving away from working with really, really big billion dollar companies uh, to, 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 to deliver kind of value to, at the individual level. And, uh, you know, that's, that's hard. It's hard. Uh, segue to a staff meeting I had yesterday, and I had team members say, well, uh, they brought up, well, this is how we've always done. And I immediately had to say, okay, you're right. However, for you to be valuable to me, you have to adopt this skill that you're talking about, change resiliency, right? This ability, this ability to, to change, to interpret what's going on. And then, and then of course, my, my, my favorite is like the OODA loop, you know, and this is kind of something that we, we've often talked about, observe, orient, decide, and act, you know, and, and fighter pilots in the air, when, you know, when you're covered with clouds, you may be looking at those controls, but you're not sure if you're facing up, if you're facing down. And so, you know, of course, the famous OODA loops. I like your idea of change resiliency. As a CEO, my employees are most valuable when they can adapt, change, and even spur me to change in ways that make the company more valuable. Um, and so, uh, you know, I thought that, you know, that was a private conversation you and I were having just about, about the business. But I think for many people listening, you know, uh, holding on to what's worked in the past is probably, uh, you know, one of the biggest dangers uh, for, your, for your, you know, chance of being promoted, the chances of of you, you know, jumping into a new position at your same company, getting promoted at a different company, um, you got you to be willing to change and adapt. So let, let's talk about that for a second. You know, we worked uh, so far with about 1 million employees worldwide in the last 16 years. And what was the impetus for the book was seeing their struggle with change and seeing sometimes how irrational their answers to us were. Like, you got to be kidding. Really? That, that's your argument? Mm -hmm. And, and here's what we found out. It is one of the biggest, I think, insights that the book is delivering. When you think about change, most of the change management programs are focusing on future behaviors. How can I have you start doing this, this, and that that we've never done before? And that is where the focus is. But let's take the statement from one of your employees who said, but we've always done that this way. What we found out is that the fear is not about the future. The fear is about the past. Let me explain it to you. What they're afraid of is if we're going to have to change that, is, does that mean that everything we've done until now was wrong? 
Where, where, then where do I file the last 20 years? I mean, there were 20 years of my life. I gave you my heart and soul. I've done things. I even won some awards for it. And now you're coming and in one statement, sweeping it away and saying, this is no longer good. That is the struggle. And what I challenge people in the book is to rethink the way we build it. What we are select, what, what we are, I'll give you an example from a bank. So a bank implemented a whole host of digital platforms, uh, apps and iPad things, and, and, and about 9,000 9, bankers basically were pushing back through their customers saying, don't download the app, don't use the app, they're going to get me fired. We were called in to handle this situation. And we saw them struggling, and many of them were struggling with, what is my role now? Yeah. If they can yeah. do mortgage online, who am I? I was the mortgage officer, you know? Yeah. And what we did is we said, hey, guys, let's split. Let's separate your cause, your core cause, your purpose from your tools. You see, once upon a time, you used Abacus. Then they put a calculator with a strip of paper on your desk. Then they put a desktop. Now you have an iPad. The tools do not define you. Your ability to help people fulfill the, the, the American dream and find a home that's what a mortgage officer does. That is your role. Your role is not the paperwork. Don't define yourself from the process. Define yourself from the impact. So when you connect yourself and become an impact creator and not a process operator, you're actually freeing yourself up to allow yourself to experiment here. Why? Because you have a constant that is keeping your life connected while the tools are changing. And by creating that platform, we're actually helping you see cont continuity in your life, see purpose in your life. You're not giving up the past. Change is not threatening what you've done in the last two years. Change is helping you promote and continue who you are as the impact creator, not as the process operator. And that we found to be absolutely enlightening and inspiring for people. It's like freeing them from the shackles of the process that they were yeah. holding onto so tightly and says, yes, I'm ready to experiment. You know what? I'm not giving up who I am. All I'm giving up is an old tool. Yeah. And I like the word you used in passing, impact, impact. Uh, the, the, the most valuable employees understand it's their job to make an, an impact and you're, and you're right on the money. The world, the, the world of sales and marketing and, 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 and influence in that space has become uh, there's a tsunami of tools. I was say covered up. There's a tsunami of, of technology. I mean, you and I were at a conference where for one specific vertical, dealers, there were, I mean, I don't know how many vendors, there's endless vendors and uh, salespeople are, are facing the same, uh, the same sort of, uh, you know, uh, mind space, which is who am I? I used to be a guy that someone handed me a phone book and I went out and closed deals. Now I push a button, I, I do a, an outbound dial, and then a lead scoring system does this. And wait, 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 wait. Remember Rolodex? That was my exercise. I had a Rolodex. You know? <laughs> what happened to the wheel, the hamster wheel, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, they, they're used to this thing, and you're right, that, that and sales you know, revenue generation defines many of us. And that's, we have a large group of those people in our audience where they get up and their, their vacation, their retirement, their destiny, their kids, whether they go to vacation, whether they can afford that Mercedes or not, depends upon their ability to, to produce revenue, to sell. And, and, and they've been given, you know, they, they, they haven't had tools. Now they're given tools and it's like, well, who am I? I used to do all of these. And, and I think if we, we, do what you suggested, which is let's not think about the technology. Let's think about the impact we can have. 
that, that technology now accelerates, that's another word you used, accelerates our impact rather than replaces us. That's, that's exactly what it is. And I'm telling you, as we've implemented this line of thinking through our training programs, you could see the light bulbs. You, you could see people being freed from those shackles and, and they're like, yeah, I can do it. I have the impact. And you know what? I don't need to get permission. I can use those tools and, and this blockage of, of resisting the change almost subconsciously, just in the name of I've got to survive. That's, that's really where it comes from. I've got to survive. I have to resist the change because otherwise, who am I? Really free them up. And uh, we, could, we could see amazing transformation taking place. So th this book is really, by the way, is not written for CEOs. I mean, I think second to the last chapter is really talking about leadership. It's written for every employee because we honestly believe this is a, a world where it has to be employee-led. Everybody must be responsible for their own relevance in the marketplace, for their own value that they bring to the mar marketplace, for their own evolution of the, of the value that they bring to the marketplace. I mean, nobody's going to do it for you. I mean, the victimhood is, is gone. The passive approach toward change is gone you're either going to be ahead of the change or you're going to be dragged into the change. That's the only question on the table. And, and the book presents a lot of cases and examples and stories that can help you at least first recognize that it's normal and what you're going through and the emotional battle is normal, but then gives you the tools to start rethinking everything. I told you, didn't I? Pretty awesome, isn't it? Lior, I love when he talks at the very end about why people resist change. And it's in the need for survival, right? So if you're looking around at people in your life and you see them resisting change, you're thinking, what What the heck is going on? Like, why are these people acting this way? They're probably not bad people. There's something triggered inside them that says, survive, don't die, right? This is bad or could be bad and who knows? So think about that the next time uh, you're quick to judge. Now, listen, if you enjoyed part one and part two, you got to come back for part three. Tomorrow, we're jumping into part three. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about his book, but I want to talk about how you can be open to change, how you can be open to things that are out of your control and what to do when the next is happening. The next big thing is already here. The next big thing is underway. What to do, how to get involved and how to use that, if I can call it this way, to hack a better future for yourself. Okay, listen, I told you last episode, I'll tell you every episode, listen, the Edgy Empire of Awesomeness, it just doesn't grow on trees. It's a Facebook group. So join in, get excited, find an accountability buddy, share your next big thing, introduce yourself, tell us why you're awesome. We've got your back. We want you to take your game and your life to the next level. So come back for part three, go jump into the Edgy Empire, whatever you do, be awesome.